welcome to our mini-sodes on agents with our agent assistant, Alice Hoskins. Thank you so much for joining us today, Alice. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's lovely to meet you, Alice. Would you mind introducing yourselves to our listeners, please? Of course. So I'm Alice Hoskins and I work with literary agent Sophie Lambert at CNW Agency, which some listeners might know as Convol and Walsh. Um, as it was previously known, and it's part of the Curtis Brown Group. Um, I joined c in January 2022 after a few years working in the theatre, film, TV and education industries, respectively, as a freelancer. And I'm so excited about these mini-sodes, and I know they're going to be so helpful to so many of our listeners, and probably to us as well, so thank yes. you. So without further ado, let's get cracking. Welcome everybody to Minisode 5. Today we're talking about agent misconceptions. We hear um, about people sending off their manuscript and being called an hour later and then we hear of people who never get a reply. Is there a normal response time to an agent query and what is it? I think it completely depends. Um, I think it depends on what's going on in an agent's life. Um, and what their week's looking like and um, I think oh, it's it's tricky because I think you're so Sophie at the last count I had 92 clients when I last looked and um, I think it can be quite difficult when you have lots of different clients who are at incredibly different stages of different processes um, someone might be publishing on Wednesday and something might have gone drastically wrong with xyz or they haven't got stock and you know it's the amount of things that are going on at one time and that an agent is holding up in the balance um, can be, yeah, I mean, just very wide-ranging and enormous and, and stressful. Um, but I think, again, I just think, yeah, not to read into those things um, and to, yeah, sometimes it might be exactly as you said, Lauren, like I can just fire off this response because I do have the answer to this, or it might be a really specific question about one line on a royalty statement that you haven't understood and that actually an agent or an assistant wants to go and sit down and pour over themselves and run it by accounts and then go through it with legal and then bring it back and then deliver a response that's genuinely useful and detailed um, and isn't a waste of your time, if that makes sense. How do you just I've just jump in with a question. How do you balance? How do you kind of in is it all in your head? I mean, is it like with 92 kind of clients? I'm sure this is the same for kind of all agents. How do they remember what on earth is going on all the time? Yes, I was just going to ask that question as well about how do they decide like, oh, they stay right. I just need to check how that author's doing. Or do you like have a tick list? And how do they make them all feel special and the yes. most important person on the agent's <laughs> list? Because that's what we want, isn't it? Yeah, it's really hard, I think. I mean, yeah, I remember when I first started, I was like, oh, my goodness. So I have to remember this author, what they've written. I have to remember what the notes were that just went back there. And then I've got to know who their editor is and then who the editorial assistant is. And I have to remember the publication date and, you know, all of these things, when to chase the delivery advance. Yeah. And then somehow I think that muscle in your brain just does expand um, and the information is more readily there. I think for me, what I find amazing watching the agents I work with is how proactive they can be around certain things. Thinking about strategy for a client, you know, they haven't even published the book that they're working on at the moment and they won't be publishing it until next year, but maybe they're thinking about actually the book after that and what that could mean for that author's career. Um, and that I think is is 
is extraordinary to watch because I, you know, it's juggling that alongside all of the clients and alongside all of the admin um, and the interpersonal relationships and then management meetings or whatever it is. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, also, you know, folders in my inbox are my lifesaver. Yeah, imagine you, you have a lot yeah. of spreadsheets as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of spreadsheets. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's tricky because we're, uh, I don't know, people who work at literary agencies and publishers don't tend to be very spreadsheety people. No, I'm not. I've got a word <laughs> table. Yeah. Sorry, Nikki likes a spreadsheet. I love a spreadsheet. Nikki's spreadsheet is amazing. But it's kind of, yeah, I feel like we could probably be better at that sort of regimented organisational and a bit less fluid and like, you know, but it's an inevitability, I think. (laughs) Not numbers people. (laughs) And, And what do you feel are the misconceptions about agents that authors have or authors on submission might have about agents? So I have, yeah, I've kind of seen both sides of this because I, before I started at CNW, I was actually acting um, and I had the excruciating experience of trying to find representation before I did end up signing with a really brilliant agent. But I remember having quite a negative perception of them and I know it's slightly different in talent um, to books, but ultimately it's it's sort of the same role. Um, I thought they were these sort of, yeah, elusive, aloof, people and I take it really personally if I didn't get a response or and I think it's slightly more cutthroat on that side of things um and then if I had if my agents weren't getting in touch or I wasn't getting sent uh self-tapes or anything I would feel panic basically the same you know the radio silence that we talk about um and it's been so interesting seeing the other side of it and how much consistent work genuinely does go on behind the scenes um that you just don't see because it might be that you've had an idea for a client and you've sent that to someone, you know, in the US who might be doing this and then you're waiting for a response on that and then actually you don't hear anything. So we're kind of doing the radio, we have the radio silence issue ourselves as well. Mm. Um, So I think, I, I just think to remember that they genuinely, genuinely want to find undiscovered talent and debut authors, but that they're also working incredibly hard for their client lists all the time. Um, and that they're really drastically overworked, like everyone in publishing. So kind of trying to see see agents as, as human beings, <laughs> get my violin out, um, but not these <laughs> powerful giants who kind of, you know, have all the power in their hands and can make or break someone's career. That's sort of, I think, isn't real. Um, yeah. And it just might make it easier to imagine another human on the other side of the computer screen. And uh, is there one thing that you would tell authors not to do when contacting their agent? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I suppose it goes back to lots of what I've been saying already, but to remember that they're working, they're working really hard for you behind the scenes and that there's a lot you, you don't see. But basic respect and manners and, you know, all the things that we, we learned when we were children, which I think sometimes just can go out the window when things are really stressful. And again, we've all been there. Um, so those those instances can be forgiven, of course, but I think it is worth saying that it's a really small industry and everyone knows each other and news travels fast about people who are unpleasant to work with or who make it uh, an unpleasant experience or feel as, if, as though they're sort of owed something and when they want something they want it now so I think just 
look after your rep- reputation um, and karma, you know? And what are the best months to apply to agents? Are there any best months? I think really, it, dep- it just depends. I think it's, there are, there are lots of theories about this, the best months to apply to agents or the best months or weeks of the year for agents to send out their submissions to publishers. But, you know, it's, um, I think it, it varies. I think probably not not right around the book fair. If you can a few months before the book fairs, so LBF or Frankfurt, then that's great because it might be that your book kind of gets on a sort of hot list for one of those fairs and that, that I think agents are looking to get... So we have a hot list, which is all of the titles that maybe haven't delivered yet or haven't sold, but that we want people to people's ears to be pricking up about. Um, and so I'd say maybe June, the summer holidays, everything goes incredibly quiet, which might mean that for some agents, they're wanting to read lots of submissions. And for some agent, agents, they're wanting to be with their family and not think about work. Um, Christmas, everything also goes completely silent. So I think not during those the crunch times of the fairs, of the couple of weeks surrounding the fairs, not in the thick of the big, big annual holidays. Um, but yeah, to think strategically a bit about the timing of those big events in publishing, I think would be smart. That's all we've got time for in today's minisode. Um, thank you so much for answering all our questions, Alice. And join us next week, listeners, where we'll be asking all the other questions that you want to know. <laughs>